With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. It's time for a Skip big blue dinner. kickoff line. <laughs> Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. Nope. You know what I saw? <laughs> New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17 14 at the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. I know you folks that listen to the podcast are like, well, why are Schmoke and Howard talking over the open? Well, the question is, <laughs> Howard, was we were talking about the weather in Minnesota because when we get there, it's a, a high of six, real feel of negative <laughs> <Yeah>. 17. <laughs> so, yay. And we're trying to plan plan dinner, a little radio dinner yeah. for, the, uh, for the night nah. before, a little Christmas celebration. Howard's buying. It'll be great. Yeah, Howard's buying. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to find those, uh, another Wagyu hot dog for you to buy. Yeah, Wagyu hot dog. The most famous hot dog on the planet. 201-939-4513. Uh, Welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live. Cross Schmelk with you. Uh, Giants going off a really nice win, Howard. 20-12 to over the Washington Commanders. We can obviously talk more about that game if you guys like. We'll take a bunch of calls. Uh-huh. We can even start doing a little glimpse ahead to the Minnesota Vikings if you like. It's a short week. Yep. We're traveling on Friday. Game on Saturday. So one less day of preparations is in the building. This is basically a Wednesday, even though in real life it's a Tuesday. Yeah. And it, the whole thing just messes up the whole week. Um, I, I could never figure this out. I, I, <laughs> like they, they got a different off day now than they used to have. All kinds of crazy things. So. Yeah, so the players are in the building today. Usually they're off on Tuesday. But since it's a Saturday okay. game, this is okay. basically a Wednesday for them. They were off yesterday instead. So okay. that's okay. kind of where we're at, Howard. So real briefly on this game, um, look, I think the Giants – Won the turnover battle two nothing. I mean, I could I think simplify it to that. That defensive touchdown mm-hmm. was huge. I mean, it was an eight point game, and they had a defensive touchdown. I mean, that's literally the difference in the game. Um, one plus two, and then they did a great <laughs> job in the red zone. Washington got into the red zone three times. Howard, yep. not just one touchdown, one score. Yeah, one yeah. score. Okay. So, just really good defense situationally. I think. What did they? Washington Commanders finished one of ten on third down, I think, over yeah. the course of the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they just stepped up, made big plays when they had to. It was kind of back to the theme of earlier in the year. Saquon had those three nice runs on that last drive that set up that last Gano field goal, which was yep. nice. The run yep. game got going a little bit, and the Giants did what they had to do to win a football game, and now they're in great shape heading into the post, uh, with a good chance to head into the postseason <laughs> if they can win one more game. Yeah, they got to win one more game. I think it was a good game in the in the standpoint, you know, Thibodeau had one of the, uh, his breakout yeah, I should have brought him up first. Go ahead. Yeah, Thibodeau, Thibodeau with all the tackles, the sack fumble, strip sack fumble, touchdown, the, the trifecta there. Played the read option well he, in the he, game. He figured out the option as they started to go. He he did a lot of stuff. I mean, it, it was one of those things where 
holy smoke, Ojolari was was it was just as dominant on the other side. You don't really see it in his stats, but if they were running away from him, they were running into Thibodeau. If they were running away from Thibodeau, they were running into him. Yep. Uh, big sexy Dexy in the middle. Leonard played a nice was, game. They, they they were like crushing guys, and there was a lot of nice fits by 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 Jalen and at the linebackers position. And then all of a sudden, in comes you know my Bama guy. Gets in there and makes a couple plays, too. Landon Collins got in there and made a few yeah, plays. Yeah, one night, one nice uh, yeah. fourth and th- third and three. He made a tackle for a two-yard gain, forced yeah. a punt. And then he had a, um, I think it was a tackle for loss on yeah. maybe a jet sweep one, maybe something like that. popped through the line and yeah, got yeah, his yeah. guy down. So I'm like, okay. So it, it took a lot of pressure off the secondary, what it did. It's like you, you forced the guys to, quote-unquote, throw the ball into, like, really bad windows eventually – the way you know Heineke throws the ball, like eventually they were going to start batting it down, and they and, had a chance at a oh pick my. in the end zone, and they, no, they, they, had, they, they had came a up empty chances. on that one. Well, the they one they right hit McLeod, right one him in the hand, one, Yeah, one him in the hands, but had a lot of chances. And then when you look at the offensive side of the ball, you, you saw them like really getting after the guys, especially later in the game. They were like able to you know do what we would call the old four minute offense, where you just took the ball and just squeezed. All the air and all the time out of it. Three runs of ten plus yards. In yeah, a row. and then like then watching guys like, and and he won't get a lot of recognition, but Nick Gates, he puts so many guys on their backs and into piles and and like I was watching dudes shoots up in the air. And they're trying to fight with him. I'm like, wrong dude, man. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and by the way, he rotated with Ben Bredesen. Ben Bredesen played a nice game too. Ben played a good game yeah. too. I'm like, I'm like, boy, I'm like these guys are like all of a sudden. These guys changed themselves into something really different on the yeah. interior of the offensive line, which which the Giants really needed, and it, they came up big in, in, in the right time. It's a weird game, Howard, because, you know, and, and this I guess will be the last thing I say about it, and I'll give you a little bit of an injury update from Brian Dable today as well. Mm-hmm. But if I would have told you before the game that the Giants were 2 of 10 on third downs, mm-hmm. they did not have a play that went for 20 or more yards. Mm-hmm. They only had one drive that went for more than 54 yards. Okay. I would have said they probably would have lost the game. But it just shows you football, you just make the right plays in the right spot. You make some big plays along the way, and you don't make crippling mistakes that gives the ball to the other team in favorable positions. Mm -hmm. It goes a long way in a game like this. It does go a long way, but the thing that that works most is if your defense can hold them out of the end zone. Yeah. You you hold them out of the end zone a lot, and you you shut them down a lot, then all of a sudden your offense – doesn't have to do much, but it, it does enough to win. Yeah, Washington, that's the thing. Washington moved the ball, Howard. Yeah. The first win. first drive of the game, they ran 10 plays, gained 40 yards, no points. Zero. Next drive, nine plays, 47 yards, had to kick a field goal. Mm-hmm. Then they got the sack strip fumble, right? Six plays on the next drive, 28 yards, no points. Next drive, they still got a first down, five plays, 15 yards. You know, they just they kept them from scoring points. And that's really – and, you know, you, you talk to Wink Martindale, and he says, look, guys, we can give all the yards we want. If the scoreboard says 12, I'm pretty happy about it. And yeah. I think that's kind of how he has to look at it. And also, you have to th- another factor that the fans probably you know heard about a little bit but they wasn't, wasn't really aware of, the win was really affecting the game. Like, you couldn't kick field goals heading in one direction outside of, like, 45 yards. It was just – Almost impossible. I think we got one to go. Gano got one in the, in, the, in the later game. Fifty flat. I was like, holy smokes! I can't believe we're even going to try this. And he said this. his max range that way. I think he said was fifty two or fifty three. I think it, if it was over fifty, and that was max. Yeah, at fifty, it got over the bar. I was like, okay, that was good. But yeah. most of the time, I'm telling you, man, it was it was just different out there. Yeah, no question about it. Um, now, briefly on the injuries, folks, as we kind of start, you know, we'll do more of a page turn tomorrow to 
to Minnesota. But to, to Brian Dable just spoke. So, still no on McKinney this week. It sounds like not. I, I, I'm not, maybe the playoffs. I think it's going right. to be a few more weeks still. It, even then, like I always tell people, it takes about four games to get your legs right. and your sea legs. And he might have so. to have a club on his hand too, for all we know. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, I, I would. I would assume he does going to have to have a club on his hand if it was wrapped up the way it's been wrapped up the entire time. I can't imagine him taking it off and like. Yeah, him. it's not as it's not as wrapped up anymore after you got all the pins taken out. But, but yeah, I mean, but, it's, but it's still the, not good. But the point is, is that you don't have strength in it. Well, he is Howard. He has no strength in it. Yeah, That's so that that you know, right. so to put a club on it would be the smartest thing to do. Because you, keep, you protect it. Yeah, you keep him from bending or breaking mm-hmm. his fingers and breaking his hand again. Which you obviously is what you want to avoid. Yeah, absolutely. We are trained professionals and, and doctors here. You do no, not, not want to break your hand again. No, you don't really, wanna... really good medical advice. Don't break your hand again. <laughs> Just wrap it up yes. so you don't so you don't have the chance to break it again. That's it. Dable did not. I'm doing my Brian Dable translation machine here. Oh no! Look, because he doesn't say anything. You know that. Why would he? Was he? kind of at, no. I wouldn't expect him to. So <laughs> I have to try to interpret right, and I think I've gotten a pretty good feel. No, no. He kind of he said, "Well, McKinney practice this week," and he kind of. I mean, uh, will uh, Dory Jackson practice this week? And he kind of gave a. Mm, he looked around a little bit, and he goes, "We'll see." That tells me he's probably not going to play. Yeah. <laughs> Usually, and it, basically, kind of how it's gone this year with the Giants, too, Howard. Guys have practiced for a week, then they miss the game, then they play the following week. They like to kind of give the guys a chance to kind of get into the mix again and get their legs going. Now, maybe this is the end of the season. It's important games. Maybe they'll you know accelerate some guys. But my gut feeling, and again, I don't know anything. This is mm-hmm. me doing the the Brian Dable translation machine. At this point today on Tuesday, I think I'd be surprised if Adoree Jackson was playing on Saturday afternoon, which, by the way, not great given you're probably playing right now, if not the best wide receiver in football, the second or third best wide receiver in football, depending mm-hmm. how you want to count Tyreek Hill and Jamar Chase and those other guys, Cooper Cup, whatever. Mm-hmm. He's right in that mix. Like, Justin Jefferson's freaking awesome. Yeah, he's so they're going to have to figure out a way to deal with him. I would think more that than that is that, okay, how many guys can I get healthy for the last two games of the season? How many guys can I get on the field to make sure that I can squeeze one of these wins out. Uh, chances are the Eagles may not play anybody the last game Ooh, of the season. Well, Jalen Hurts now. Again, chances are the Eagles aren't going to play anybody the last game of the season. I don't think we're seeing Jalen Hurts to the playoffs. Yeah, so so if, if that's the case. For the fans that don't know, by the way, he Gar- has a sprained throwing yeah, shoulder. Yeah, Gardner, Gardner Minshew is pretty good. So No, he's yeah, one of the best yeah. backups in the league, no question. So, so that, that's not that's not the issue. It's just like getting them to the point where they, don't, where they need to rest guys for the playoffs is what – it's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? That actually helped. It actually yeah. helped a lot that the Jaguars beat Dallas. Yeah. So. Because it's going to be really difficult. I mean, the Vikings could theoretically catch them for the bye. Still, what do the Vikings have? Three losses off the top of my head? Yeah. Three losses, yeah. right? So, so they're two games behind Philadelphia. So, so the Vikings are going to be playing for, for, for Bear this weekend. We're going out to go give it a great shot, do everything we can to, to beat them. But they're going to be playing like Minnesota lost to Philadelphia head to head, right? Didn't yeah, Philadelphia but, smack but, them around? Yeah, but but Minnesota is going to be trying to figure out a way to put you know bring games through through their dome. They they want games Correct. at home and then loud place if they can figure it out. But it, that's going to be the biggest chore for them. So in, in the Giants game, the Giants are going to have to get after them. They're going to be running the ball. Yeah. They're going to do all these different things that you know. They can't get behind. It's going to be a lot of stuff that they're going to have to do to to make this game as, as they've made all games this year. They, yeah. they won and muddy and dirty the, in, in an indoor facility. And there's a good chance, by the way, that if the Giants do make the playoffs, there's a good chance. Right? I'd say probably the team they're most likely to face in the first round of the playoffs 
is the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, well. So this could be a little bit of a preview. It's either going to be the Vikings or the 49ers, more likely. So, so if, it, if it's the Vikings, it, you no offense, and you're playing them this time, you'd like to beat them, but you don't want to show them everything. That, that, I was actually, I, <laughs> no, seriously, I was actually yeah. going to ask you that question. You yeah. probably don't, right? Yeah, you want to. So if they somehow, someway squeeze in, you know, Jeff Saturday's team or – or the last game of the season, or even two of those games, right. you know, you know, or if they won all three of them, doesn't matter. If they win one and they get in the playoffs, then they start have to make decisions. You start looking at your potential opponents going forward, and it's kind of like playing Washington. You 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 know you got to play them again in a few weeks. Mm, you got to start right. thinking about what you're going to do. And without getting into the nitty gritty of it, mm-hmm. much like the Giants. The Minnesota Vikings have been the king of winning the one-score games this year, even yeah. more so than the Giants have. Yeah. So odds are, and again, it's a week-to-week league, anything can change. This game's probably going to be close in the fourth quarter. Just because that's what the Vikings do. That's what the Giants do. Mm-hmm. So why would that change this week? And, and, we'll you know, and we're going to see, like, you know, the Vikings had a huge comeback, right? The, the, the largest in NFL history. Yeah, so they, so they have all that on their head. So I don't know if that makes them a better team this week or a worse team this week. Um, certainly, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah it, it's it, know. you know emotionally, it does a lot to you when you do something that's never been done before. I'd rather face them coming off a game like that than if the Colts would have held on to that lead yeah. and won by like twenty one, and then they're then all it, pissy coming in here after and, off a blowout and super desperate. Yeah, yeah we don't I would want them not super have wanted that. One hundred percent right. Okay, so we're good. we're good with that. Absolutely. All right, let's get to the phones. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. But first, I want to remind you: go subscribe to the Giants Huddle Podcast. The podcast features a rapid reaction right after each game with one of our analysts. This week, it was Madeline Burks with David Tyree. Go check it out. Then we do a midweek podcast with a national analyst. Since it's a holiday week, it's a shorter week. We're bagging that one. But we do have a Papa's perspective up there. Looking back at a very famous game against the Vikings. And Howard, my guess is that you could probably figure out which game we're featuring. Uh, Is that the one here, the freezing cold one? Or, Or was it the one that we played where we beat them going to the playoffs? It was the one where you blew them out in the NFC Championship. That is correct. So guess who we're talking to from that game? Uh, I have no idea. Kerry Collins. Well, nice call. Good call. So we have Coward's former teammate, Kerry Collins, talking about that game, which will be fun. Then we actually have Kerry two straight weeks. Next week, he's going to be on talking about, I'm not sure, were you on the team where you guys went and beat Peyton Manning with Kerry Collins as the quarterback against the Colts? Were you still on the team then or no? What year was it? Uh, I don't remember offhand. (laughs) Either 2002 or 2003. I didn't know. No, 2002, 2003, I was already like, you know, you know, taking care of the kids. Okay, got it, <laughs> got it. And then we also have our Friday sit-down with uh, a Friday preview episode, which has a long-form player interview, which is not so much of a game preview. It's more of talking to the player about his year so far. Mm-hmm. We're working on guests this week, trying to get a big name for you. We'll see if we get a little holiday surprise with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob Popple with Coach Brian Damel, and then uh, Lance and Paul do their very thorough, very, very thorough breakdown and preview of the opponent with an opposing reporter. You know Lance. He's, Lance is a very thorough man. Yes. Short in stature, long in interviews. <laughs> very very long-winded anyway. I Good love voice that. and he knows it. <laughs> <laughs> and he, lied, he likes to hear it. There's no That's question so about funny. it. <laughs> We're all taking shots now. I Poor love Lance. it. Uh, well, someone called in yesterday and said, shout out Pearson. And he was like, why are we shouting out Pearson? Wait, like, wait, 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 did he really? It did was, he get mad for the caller shouting you it out? It was more he went uh, and shout out Paul for calling out trolls on Twitter. And he was like, Pearson, is Pearson calling out trolls on Twitter? Too? No, he's just shouting out my hard work behind the scenes. Pearson go. does do an excellent job behind incredible the scenes. Incredible scenes. Incredible, we love Pearson. He does a great job. He has, but I can't tell you how much help he's been with all the all the additional podcasts we've been doing this year. They would not have been possible without his help. In all seriousness, excellent work. All right, let's get to the phones. Andrew in Virginia will lead us off. I see some new names today. That's good. Andrew, what's going on? 
Hey, man. Uh, thanks for taking my call. You're First welcome. and foremost, I want to thank the Giants organization for having us in the pregame uh, practice. My son and I, we make this trip every year to D.C. Oh, nice. And it's, it's so meaningful. And, Howard, I believe I was able to, to see you down there. Okay. And the Giants are just a first-class organization. Well, Andrew, I guarantee you, if you saw a very, very large but very, very cold man down there, that was Howard Cross. It, what, that wasn't it me. Was I had cold. a heated vest. I think, <laughs> I think he had jeans and Tim's on, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, that, that was that, Howard. That was definitely that me. That was Howard. That you was got definitely it. me. <laughs> I was able to see Bob pop up close and personal. That was cool. Yeah. Wink Martindale, I was able to give him a little nod and say, let's get him today. He gave go. me a little, you got that right, back. It was <laughs> nice. so cool. very good. Um, so, and another couple of things just pregame. The punter and the kicker were dialed in. I don't think Graham Gano missed anything. And I, I swear he was hitting him from 60 into the wind. No. Uh, he, 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 was, he, was, he was hitting 60 with the wind, not yeah, into the wind. Not into the wind. Okay, with the wind. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Their punter slot was not, or their kicker, rather. Yeah, um, so I knew that that was going to factor into the game mm-hmm. somehow. Yeah, and it did. Our offensive, our offensive line was dialed in. I love seeing them warm up. Nick Gates was bopping around in basically a T-shirt, bare midriff, just going with the music. <laughs> the and belly shirt? All hyped up. He said bare midriff. It was, it was hilarious. Nick. <laughs> and then last thing, Sterling Shepard was out there getting everybody fired up. And that is just so great to see. Behind looks, the scenes, those are the intangibles that that add up. Yeah, Andrew, I can tell effort. you, Sterling Shepard, who obviously is rehabbing from his uh, ACL injury, very mm-hmm. serious injury, yeah. he's in this building every single day. I think he's in the meetings. I, the fact that he's here so early and here so late, I can't imagine he's not in the meetings. Yeah, he probably is. And he's doing his rehab, and he's been so engaged and is just so excited to try to help get this team to the playoffs. It's been it's been really good. I know you know he's he's a free agent after the year. I hope they figure out a way to you know let them come back rehab on something that works for him and the team. So mm. he has a chance to you know contribute in some way next year. That'd be nice. Hey, long, longest standing giant right now. So yeah, it, it would yeah. be nice. Yeah, absolutely. I love Shep. He's the best. Amazing, amazing to see that leadership. Um, Danny Dimes looked locked in. Uh, he was hitting those short intermediate passes. He looked sharp, and he played sharp. That fourth and nine pickup to Richie James. Great throw, great catch, great commitment on both ends. Mm-hmm. That 98-yard drive was incredible, given the circumstances, given the defense. I mean, I, I can't say it. That, that drive changed the game. It really did. The, the, it hushed the crowd up. We had all the momentum right there. It was so impressive. Well, it was so also kudos. back-to-back. Remember, that drive – came right after the Thibodeau strip sack touchdown. So you had the momentum Absolutely. off of the defensive play. And at that point, the offense had run a total of eight plays. Yeah. Washington had run a they total didn't, of like anything going on. nothing, 25 or 26 plays. And it just built on the momentum from that, from that Thibodeau play. And, you know, it, it was a huge drive. And then you're right. It really changed just the whole tenor and mood of the game. And, you know, you had the big fourth and nine. You also had a big third and nine on that drive yep. where Jones hit Richie James when he was about to get 
And Howard, you said it for me from the sideline. I, and I watched the tape afterwards. I confirmed it. Three guys obliterated Daniel Jones on the play. He stepped into the throw, found Richie James in a hole in the zone, and completed that pass with three guys literally bearing down on him from three different angles. It, it was pretty impressive. I, I was saying the whole time, like, the, the, the Washington football team had figured out, hey, look, we're just going to blitz him. And they were sending so yeah. many guys, there was nobody to pick some guys up. I'm like, this is going to be ugly, or he's going to make great plays. That was a great play. I have one question. I'm not going to be critical. I would like you can your be critical. That's assessment. okay, Andrew. Go ahead. When here it is, we're up twenty to twelve, mm-hmm. and since preseason, we've been talking about how inconsistent our coverage is on special teams. Why doesn't Graham Gano just unload and put that ball through the end zone? Not even give them a chance because of their explosive weapons. We know they had. And they started the second half hot. Why even give them an opportunity to go down the field like that? I believe we're kicking into the wind. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say the same thing. So I don't, I don't think even if he wanted to put he, it through he, the end zone, he, he could have. He unloaded it. It just didn't. It just didn't carry. But trust <laughs> me, Andrew, you are preaching to the choir. Andrew, thanks a lot for the call. Yeah. If there's one thing I would say this off season, Howard has said to me more than anything else, Schmelk. Please kick just it kick the ball into the end zone. <laughs> kick it through the end zone. It's possible. Don't give anybody a chance to run. Like, and, and again, this is all our personnel, whatever. It, it has nothing to do with coaching or anything. It's just the personnel. I watch other teams and their special teams. They got so many guys on their team that are ready to go and can go. When they kick the ball off, I'm off the entire team runs into the end zone. When we kick the ball off, most of our guys are at the 30. It's just they're getting blocked. I'm like, I'm like oh, man, we cannot – take the opportunity to to kick the ball short of the end zone because if we do, we're not going to have guys down there to cover. You're going to get a, you know, especially if a guy's like coming forward catching the ball with a full head of speed, he's getting 10 yards right there before he, before anybody gets to him. So that's, right. that's just not good. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, get Creighton, you don't watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shane and the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, going to win. Not the Big East tournament? They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Cre- Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a, is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. Never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Dirk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? The whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. 201-939-4513. Pete in Staten Island is up next. Hey, Pete. Hello, man. How are you? What's up? Very good, very good. Good. I just wanted to make a few comments about Daniel uh, uh, from Sunday night's game. I thought, uh, you know, for me, I've been on the fence, you know, going back and forth, whether or not, you know, he should be, he shouldn't be, or whatever. I think Sunday, uh, to me, kind of sold me uh, that he might be the guy you know, uh, at least through next year, and we'll see what happens. And the reason I'm saying that, I, 
you know, watching the game, uh, you know, he had some incredible throws in very tight windows. I mean, none of our none of our receivers get any, you know, separation. You know, maybe Slayton a little bit, but outside of them, they're more possession guys. Sure. And, uh, you know, that fourth and nine throw was an incredible tight window throw. And I could pick out at least four or five other throws that were right into tight windows. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, which we, you know, which was to me uh, very impressive. And, um, you know, of course, at big moments making those throws, which was another thing that I saw. So I was very impressed with that. And, um, you know, hopefully we can get. And, and the other thing is we never, we don't have receivers to get any yak yardage either. <laughs> you know. Uh, none. So, Except for know, Saquon. Uh, uh, yeah, on occasion. On occasion. You know, uh, yeah. And the second point I wanted to bring up was, um, are you a little bit surprised that uh, we're not using Bellinger as much as we should? Or, uh, you know, when was the last time we saw the Giants throw a seam, seam pass, which was a signature signature for the Giants throughout the years and Howard you can you can attest to that and um you know would it be because they need him on the line more for blocking that's what I'm thinking but uh how do you address that um go ahead I want you to start on the tight end thing right, for Pete the, thanks for the call man thanks Pete for the tight end thing just the defenses are different I, I don't think that they're they don't you know give up seam passes to tight ends that often. You can look around the league. Well, and frankly, teams are playing so many two split safeties now. You can't it's, run seam it's passes not, it's against not, split safeties. No, it's not even that. It's just that you, you got to figure out. So the way the seam pass works, if, if the safeties are split, they're staying outside the numbers. You bounce out to the numbers, and you kind of break it back to the middle of the field. Uh, the quarterback has hit the ball between the linebacker who's sprinting back. It's the old right. Tampa 2 version where the middle linebacker just starts sprinting back because he needs to get deeper than the guy that's coming down the middle. And the safety plays over the top on the outside, which means that you got a small window. When it was cover three back in the day, the, the, the corners would be down a little bit. You could like run outside and lean out and stay on the numbers. And the safety, you'd have to pick which side to go to. Correct. Uh, so cover three, I feel like you have a better shot of hitting that seam yeah. than you do against a split, right? Yeah. So so yeah. now so nowadays that the the way the defenses are run, that when you do get a seam pass, it's like you have to have one on one with someone, and that one on one is e- either a linebacker or a safety. They just don't give it to you that often. They don't. They don't give right. you that opportunity that often. Um, Bellinger gets a lot of plays heading towards the sideline. You hit. Yeah, he gets a lot of plays maybe going towards a corner or you, on you the outside edge. But he's if he's inside, the, the, you just you know the they they drag a guy down that brings another chance for an op- opportunity. If he comes up, he's gonna have to break his route off because they're they're probably running hot right behind him. Yeah, and most of these Bellinger catches this year have been what I kind of call schemed up plays you know yeah. the play action boot where he leaks out and yeah. you know it's not like they're putting him into you know jason Witten routes where he's doing option routes and one-on-one and coverage and he's making moves in fact they because tried he, to, because they don't have time to well they, they don't have time to yes and that's something he didn't do a whole lot of in college either so i don't know how yeah, comfortable it, he is remember, it, it, remember it, it, how you did have the yeah. one play in this game remember they tried to throw it to him over the middle he turned the ball pretty much hit him in the face or in the chest, yeah, and it bounced him off on, of him. Hit him so on his back shoulder. I, I just don't think we we haven't seen Bellinger do those types of downfield concepts much yet. Most of his action, to my point, has come on a lot of the play action boot, leak out, you know, open, not yeah. kind of winning one on one down the field. I, type I, I don't think that's I don't think that's it. I think it's more of time. 
Like, if you don't have time, that play doesn't happen. You well, again, I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm no, just no, saying no. they haven't used him that way. No, much. but I'm saying I'm saying he don't have time. Right. And what, and what I mean by not having time, you can scheme it up and practice it, but in the in the game situation, because you don't have full speed practices where you're hitting and getting after guys, it's going to look a lot different. And no matter how how much you want to try to make it look the same, you can't. So. Bellinger going down the middle or over the middle and getting hit in the back shoulder is a product of him running, thinking he's open, trying to get his head around, and the ball's already out. Mm-hmm. So his the timing has speed has sped up so much that he's not aware where the ball is at the, at the moment, and that's why it hits him like that. 201-939-4513. Hey, Giant fans, make sure to go and download the Giants official streaming app, Giants TV. It brings original video content and game highlights, including this show, Big Blue Kickoff Live, on demand and direct to Big Blue fans. Giants TV is free on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire TV, and the Giants mobile app. All right, let's go to a guy in Pennsylvania. What's up, guy? (laughs) Yeah, thanks for taking my call, man. No problem. Uh, No problem. Quickly, uh, for uh, a comment, Uh, and maybe you guys can think about this for a second, as far as an impactful game uh, that Thibodeau had, can you can think of any similar games going back to the Lawrence, you know, up to yes. since the Lawrence Taylor area? I don't have to go that. that. Yeah, that guy, 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 hold on. I, I don't. I don't have to go that far back. I can go back to the OC Strahan era. Yeah. Okay. OC and had then, like then six, the, sec, the second little set the point I want to make is uh, Howard. Uh, you you comment on how. You players remember the details from the games that you played in so vividly, and and you mentioned about Hanratty or uh, Hostetler not fumbling the ball when he was hit by uh, Bruce Smith in the '91 uh, Super Bowl. Okay. Now there's another play in that game that I have recollection of, and it was Emerson Walls making a shoestring tackle on Thurman Thomas as he was trying to get into field goal position. Do you remember that play? No. <laughs> I, was like, I, I need it, the Tino here for I, that. You need the Tino. You know, I remember he was running right by so, the 32-yard so line. And, I, and, uh, I, I, sorry. I, remember, I, remember I was plays, 11. <laughs> I remember plays that directly affect me or that I'm 10. directly being affected by when it's happening. So, like, uh, you know, hostile or not fumbling in the end zone, Either I was in the game or I was supposed to be in the game on the next play, but I can remember like, holy smokes, uh, him tripping over. He basically trips over OJ. But the reason why you remember to play so much is because they play it so much. It's 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 replayed over and over and over and over again. Like there there are plays that like pe- people tell me plays that I've done or did do or something. I'm like, yeah, I have slight memory, but not a big memory of them. I, I just don't remember them that well because you played so many games. Well, well, that, that, that particular play was they were trying to get into a field goal position for that last field goal that was ultimately missed. But one of the plays, I believe they got a screen pass out to uh, Thurman uh, Thomas, I guess. And, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he was running clear, and Walls makes a shoestring tackle on him, and he hadn't made many tackles <laughs> the last part of the season. You know, I think he had a, a bum arm at the time, but, but to me – that probability was slim. Yeah. Do you have an overarching point guy you're trying to circle back to here, or is it just random play recollection? 
Well, no, I, I remember that play vividly almost every day. So <laughs> we talked to I think of that play. <laughs> oh, that's pretty fun. That's awesome, guy. Thank you so much for the call, man. I appreciate it. Happy holidays, dude. Appreciate I, it. I think fans remember every play that they, you know, the biggest moments for them that in games and stuff. Like, from that Super Bowl, and I'll be honest with you, I don't remember catching the ball. I don't remember, like, doing How many anything. catches did you have in the game? Again, don't do not do that. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I was just you know, I, I remember Whitney Houston singing the national anthem. I remember it being the you know the start of the Persian Gulf War. I remember yeah. like all kinds of the things that I remember them taking my my camera and taping it up uh because they wanted it took the film out of it and and taped it up because they didn't want us to have uh you know foreign whatever in the in the stadium. I'm like, "Okay, cool. You got a gun. You can tape up everything." I remember that's when the first time I saw Soldiers walking around with M16s in a public, you know, in, in in our hotel and around our hotel and around the stadium and the and, and the gunship flying around. Howard, so, you had remember. four catches for 39 yards. You were the Giants' third leading receiver behind Mark Ingram and Mark Bavaro. Well, great, but that's what <laughs> th- those are the things I remember about the game. <laughs> I was just letting you know, so now, yeah. now you can remember. Four for 39 with a long awesome. of 13 yards. Awesome. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> Long time ago. <laughs> did you play a lot of? I'm not gonna ask you how many. Did Did you play a lot of snaps in the game? Do you remember, or or were you? Or were you, I mean, you were young, obviously, and Bavaro was the number one guy. Did you play a lot of two tight ends in that game? Were you on the field a lot? Do you remember that at all? No. <laughs> I do not have snap counts for that no. game. I would have to I find had, the. I had fun. I had to find the play by play. Houston sing the national anthem. It was kind of cool. Parcells in the locker room. Now, what if we I got them right where we want them? Like, more. aren't we losing? I have, a, <laughs> I have a much more important detail question for you. Okay, okay. Super Bowl after party. Uh-oh. What do you remember about that? <laughs> there were no camera phones. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. There you go. Let's go. That, that's on. all next you caller. I got you. Let's go to the next caller. Holy smokes! What is this? The interrogation of Howard Cross. I was just wondering if I wish you remembered that, or maybe nah. the after party had something to do with him not remembering what happened during the game. Nah. I don't know. No, nope. <laughs> that's, uh-uh. that's, not even going to try. Let's go to Cliff in New York. He's up next. What's going on, Cliff? Hey guys, uh, nice, uh, nice frivolity going on today. Um, We're coming off a win, Cliff. It, it, it's okay to have fun and be happy, bro. There you go. Yeah, that's 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 what I was getting at. Um, uh, the um, the game uh, with the offensive line on, on Sunday. Um, uh, it, just just l- watching the game, it seemed like Daniel uh, really had more time than than I could remember. They did a nice and job. I, and, well, what was the difference? I they mean, blocked uh, the game. They blocked it better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, Cliff. Well, honestly, like you look yeah. back, and and you know, PFF does like the pressures and stuff after the game. Yeah. Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. This was on my. If folks are out there, I'm, I'll tweet it out later. I did my game review story. Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen combined for one pressure during the game. No sacks. Wow. No quarterback hits. One pressure, and that was from Deron Payne. Yeah, so they but, did a nice job on those guys in the middle. Now they had some issues outside. Evan Neal got beat a couple times. He got banged up early in the oh game. Oh, my God. The first play of the game, he got rolled up. I know. So, <laughs> he, you know, he's, he's had a rough couple games in a row here. But the inside, they did a real nice job in those tackles. And they also, and I think this goes to the other point that the previous caller was asking about the tight ends. You know, they had tight ends chip a bunch. And they had Barkley kind of hang out in the middle in case yeah. he had to help on the inside rushers. So, yeah. They did what they could to try to take care of those guys. And and Daniel got rid of the ball quick. It was a lot of quick he, game in the he, game. He had to get rid of the well, ball correct. quick because there were free runners a lot. And like you can leave the five guys in plus the tight end and six. If they bring that seventh guy, it's it's just impossible. 
Well, that, I had also heard, I think maybe yesterday, that they had also schemed uh, a little differently uh, uh, to, to try to protect Daniel better. But it, if they did, it, it wasn't like rolling the, the pocket out to the side like they did in the last few games. Uh, it, it was quick game. He was, he was, the ball was getting out of his hands very, very quickly during the game. That was a big okay. part of it. Mm-hmm. All right, how about the defensive line? What would you think of that? I, I couldn't tell what Leo was doing, uh, but I guess he must have been doing okay because we didn't hear his name. No, he, he did a good job. I mean, interiorly, the, him, and, him and Dexter do, do a good job. What was the big the big changing factor was they had to run the ball a little bit to the outside. Uh, the most of their the most of their games were the, were the quick pitches to the outside because Thibodeau and, and Ojolari and, and all the other defensive ends were they were guessing they were like you got to it, it in the old in the old football sense when you ran an option you would designate a guy for a guy for a guy and you just that's how you played it. You go hit the quarterback. You, you go get, throw you, about the you, running back. You get the running back and you got this guy. In this in this offense or defense, I should say, guys are coming up off the corner and they're coming down hard to get into the play. The quarterback is watching that and trying to see, okay, how can I get them to the edge? And usually, when the guy's coming down, there's a guy that's on the outside that can quote unquote can you know come up to make the tackle. One time it was Flot. I felt bad for him because he was out there by himself. He and got some... blocked into oblivion, dude. <laughs> he was like off the screen. Yeah, it was like, and you can't you can't cut. Anymore, so that that's over with. So and to quote Howard, he's 160 pounds. He yeah, doesn't like, have I'm a like, chance. I'm like, I'm like, man. I was like, I saw him out there. I, I bet he had his whole career flashing between his, <laughs> before his eyes. But you, it just, it's just hard when you when the guys are doing that. It just takes away from. Them. So the only thing you can do is is tackle them for you know one yard or or zero yards. Or if you get one to zero yards, that takes that play away, and all of a sudden they get a little bit more standard because they got to look down the field and start doing things. If you get them two plays in a row. Then you bring in those defensive ends all of a sudden, and there's trouble. The quarterbacks can't step up in the in the game because those guys are coming around the edge so fast they have to step up. You're going to step up to Dexter Lawrence and 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 Leo. You just can't. Okay, so 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 Leo was really back at full function. It sounds like. Yeah, he did a good job. Hey, he played eighty percent of the snaps, so yeah, he was definitely out there. He did a good job in the run game. He did a good job, you know. Forcing guys uh, to to the other, everybody's got to do their spot. But he did a good job. Now, as a team, I Cliff, I would still like him to see them stop the running a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. What I mean, uh, the only thing we knew about that was that they stopped calling running plays. <laughs> yeah, well, they, that, that was, well, they, well, that they, was, they were behind. They got down two scores exactly. Yeah. I, I had predicted off. Thank off, you, Cliff. I had predicted off the air that, that the Giants could possibly win by two touchdowns. That was the last thing I said to you when I was walking out. That. I said the way they look right now and the way Washington looks, it's like there's a chance. And when they got up by almost two touchdowns, I'm like, I'm not going to say it again. I'm just going to sit here and watch the game. They were off seven. They were yeah. off seventeen. They were fourteen three. Yeah, I was like, this could be this could be going in the right direction. Yeah, the offense just couldn't sustain well, drives the, and score they, points they, to they, blow they, it open. The, they did a good job of pressing on the outside, making sure that hey, look, if he's going to throw the ball down the field, he's going to be throwing it from his back or just throwing it up in the air because they were sending that extra rusher. And when you send the extra rusher, you make, and they were sending it from Slayton's side to cause him to run hot routes a lot too. There were no down-the-field passes in this game. Let's play a game here, Howard. How many games have the Giants scored more than 20 points this year? Three. So 20 doesn't count. More than 20. Three. 21 against the Titans in week one. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this off the top of my head. I'm looking at the, the thing. Green Bay. 27 points in London. Mm-hmm. Baltimore, 24 points. Uh-oh. Jacksonville, 23 points. Mm-hmm. And then the only other game was 
Houston 24. Mm-hmm. Oh, then they got 22 against the Eagles with a garbage time touchdown. So that yeah, it counts, but yeah. six. Six, okay. Six. So three, three that I can remember. So six. That's they've been good. remarkably consistent. Like, they've never scored fewer than 13, and they've never scored more than 27. Yeah, and and the reason behind, they're remarkably consistent. Yeah, but the reason behind that is is that if you watch the games, they're either really good in a quarter, right, and then they'll have two quarters down, then they're really good in another quarter, or they're really good in the second half or something, and it, it just turns out that way. And somewhere in the middle or somewhere in the beginning, uh, you hopefully not in the end. They're they're trying to you know teams are trying to make an adjustments and, and they got to figure it Ooh, out. Here's a cr- even crazier number. I'll give you a crazier stat. Okay, they've scored between 16 and 24 points in 12 of their 14 games. I don't get that. What do you mean? They've scored between 16 and 24 points Mm -hmm. in 12 of their 14 games this year. So they've been in that eight-point window in every single game except for two. All right. I mean, it's it's consistent. So you kind of know what you're getting if you're the defense. Like... Don't give them more than 24 points or it's going to be a problem. I mean, again, (laughs) I I think that, you know, desperate times calls for desperate things. But late in the game, Saquon running the ball like that, if he could – if his body and shoulders and everything could hold up, if he could run like that from quarter one to quarter to the end of the game, could be a big difference. First play was a trap, by the way. The next two plays were – Passes. Double duos, and they had the two double teams on the tackles, and Mm -hmm. then they got up to the second level. Yeah, so it just – that's it's kind of that four minute offense has kind of got to be you know got to be in in their look they're got to be looking at it going like okay how can we you know implement this faster earlier and how long can we sustain it if we do do it that those are the two things you have to try to figure out two zero one nine three nine four five one three let's go back to the old telephones and say what's up. To Ari, all the way in Israel. Oh, if I would have went to him earlier, if I noticed he was in Israel, wow, that's my that's bad. Ari, good. what's going on, man? Hey guys, how you doing? Long time listener, first time calling. How you doing? Hey, I appreciate that, Ari. How you that's doing, man? Cool. Th- thanks for making the long distance call. We appreciate it. I'm doing it. great. <laughs> nice, awesome. Hey, my pleasure, guys. And it, it's great to finally talk to you guys, which is awesome. I've actually been at three Giants games in my life, including a preseason game. The first was the first one in MetLife when Eli had gotten hurt. And I actually, after halftime, went down to the field. I was literally sitting behind the Giants bench, and I yelled out to O.C. Manure. I'm like, hey, O.C., give me a smile. And he turned around, and he gave me a smile. <laughs> and that picture has been featured on my Facebook Facebook since 2010. That's pretty cool. So what I wanted to talk to you guys about uh, about the Giant Chain, i got to tell you guys, you know, um, night games are a challenge for me. You know, I know that they're a challenge for us too, one and nine, But <laughs> if I want to watch a night game, i got to get up at uh, 3 a.m. here. So oh, definitely bless. a challenge. Yeah. Anyway, the point I wanted to make uh, today was this, is that, um, looking at the uh, at the Viking stats, there's no question that their passing defense is far worse than their rushing defense. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the first down percentages, it's not even close. So now, of course, we'd love to just feed Saquon the whole game and watch him do all those power runs. But the point is, is that we're going to need the passing game. We can't keep relying on Richie James to make these insane catches on four <laughs> and, fourth down nine. 
So what are your there. thoughts, guys, on the following? Saquon Barkley's our leading receiver. He has 47 receptions. What about if we take Matt Breda, line him up with Daniel Jones, and then we split Saquon out either wide or in the slot? We take one of our best receiver, receiving sets, who we know can make people miss and run angry. We take Breda, who I think hasn't been featured enough, and we get him getting some rushing going. And then, while they got to keep honest and they got to cover Breda, we just slip Saquon out, and I'll take him all day up against the linebacker. I'll take that any day. So I want to get your thoughts on what you guys think about kind of featuring a bit more of a game plan and mixing that in. Well, uh- to be quite honest with you, it, it's like a package they have right now. Uh, Saquon is a good uh, receiver in the aspect he catches the ball well. Uh, Saquon is not a good receiver in the aspect of running routes. Uh, and that's going to be, you know, he, he'll tell you that. He, he's constantly trying to get better and develop that, that skill himself constantly. Um, putting Breeder in with Saquon could help, could work. But, again, you, you kind of limit and, and – take a guy out of the quote-unquote line of scrimmage to help block and protect the quarterback. If the quarterback is getting hit, being rushed, being harassed, he can't get the ball to anyone. Uh, As far as Saquon being the leading receiver, it's due to him, you know, catching the ball out in the flat, catching the ball, you know, quick hit, quick hit plays. It's not like Saquon is going down the field, juking a guy and then, you know, making a move and then catching the ball in, in in the top of a route. He's catching the ball early because of the way the plays are designed and the RPO packages, and that gives him a chance. As far as Richie James goes, he's a quick, shifty, returner-type guy that when he gets out in the slot in those, in those areas, you got to stay with him and stay on him. And you, it's, I don't know if he can run by you. I, I don't know if he has that kind of speed, but that's what's been happening. Um, the guy Slayton, he, he's going to be um, – he's still going to be a big factor in, in these games going forward. And and the new kid, uh, well, Hodges. Hodges. Hodges is going Hodges. to be a fact. Yeah, he's yeah. he's going to be a factor in the games going forward. So I I think if they're going to throw the ball in this game, if they're going to throw the ball in this game, and it'll it, be in the dome, so that'll be nice. Yeah, it's going to be good Hod- environment. It's going to be Hodges. It's going to be Slayton. It's going to be James. It's going to be Bellinger. Believe it or not, it's going to catch a, a few more passes. Uh, if if it's going to be a passing game, but usually, and I don't know anything about the Giants and, and their their theory on play calling or anything, but usually, I don't care what the team is or or what they're believing. If somebody has a deficit or something, whether it's their their pass defense, they almost always run the ball. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be my, my day. That's my day. 
Yeah, and I, <laughs> I don't I look, know what that is. That's the thing, Howard. I'm with you. Look, and Ari, <laughs> I get what you're saying, yeah. and I think your analysis of the Vikings' defense is spot on. Mm-hmm. Their defense stinks. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm just being honest. And look at the numbers. They gave up 399 yards per game, most in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, second most yards per game through the air in the league. Second most yard, or third most rather yards per pass play. Like mm-hmm. they're 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 their defense is a sieve. I mean, just look what Dallas did to him. Look mm-hmm. what Philadelphia did to him. Uh, the Lions, it was kind of more of turnovers and stuff that got them all those points in the first half. Yep. But look, they give up a lot of points, and they don't cover well. So yes, but I'm going to throw a couple of things at you here. Um, you know what team had the worst passing yards allowed per play in the league? The Lions. You yep. know what the Giants did against the Lions? Ah, they ran the ball. Yeah. The Seattle Seahawks. Not, not enough. Well, yeah, definitely not enough. Well, not well, well, not well enough for sure. Yeah. Seattle ranked 21st against the pass. Giants mm-hmm. tried to run the ball. Jacksonville ranked 27th against the pass. Giants tried to run the ball. Tennessee ranked 32nd against the pass. What Giants tried to do, Howard? They ran the ball. <laughs> so I just don't, at this point in the year, and now look, maybe, Ari, their confidence has grown to the, to the point where they feel comfortable doing that. Um, I would worry about Zadarius Smith, who is a legitimate pass rusher. Daniel Hunter, who's a legitimate pass rusher. They're mm-hmm. good football players. Yep. Um, I just don't think this coaching staff believes that that is the best way for this team to win football games. Now, as much as the Viking defense is not very good, their offense it's is excellent. awesome. Yeah. They have running backs. They have three good receivers. One all-time receiver, mm-hmm. one very good receiver, and then K.J. Osborne's their third guy. He'd probably be the Giants' number one guy. Mm-hmm. And they have Dalvin Cook. Like yeah. they, and, and they have a good tight end. And they have a good offensive line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, their offense is ridiculous. So you might get to the point here, Ari, where you have to throw the ball. <laughs> Throwing out of necessity. Exactly, yep. if, if the Vikings score a bunch of points. So I get where you're coming from, and I'd love to see the Giants passing him kind of wake up here. Mm-hmm. But I, I, we're so far in the season, I'm at the point now where they got to show it to me before I believe it's going to happen. And, and on top of that, Ari, you know, like someone said earlier, we, got, we, have, we had receivers that can catch, but there's no yak yards. They're not, they're not always open. Not a lot of separation. There's no a lot of mm-hmm. separation, so – you can make a defense uh, a lot healthier in the in their pass defense with our with our receiving staff right now. Anything else, sorry? No, uh, uh, yeah, just one more uh, one more point, if I may. Sure. Uh, I do believe that we got to turn it up on Kirk Cousins like never before. We cannot allow him time to get to his people, and we can see. Look at what just happened. I mean, they, of course, Matt Ryan, yet again on the wrong side of history, <laughs> but we could, We need to follow that formula, and we need to beat up on them as much as we humanly can and put them in a hole so then we can stick with the game and dictate it the way we want to. I absolutely trust our coaching staff to play the proper situational football, call the right plays, and we're going to go from there. And I don't, you know, what a lot of listeners might not remember is what things looked like, you know, this time in 2007, and how we were limping our way through the season, seven and seven, and then that Christmas Eve game when Victor Cruz That's went 99 yeah. yards mm-hmm. and. Sorry, 2011. Sorry, my mistake. Watch what happened over there. So, guys, I'm going to say this. Happy holidays. Thanks for taking my calls. 
And guys, let's go Giants! Thank you, Ari. All right, thank you, Ari. Happy Hanukkah, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. Ari's having a good one out there in Israel, man. Two <laughs> things I'll add. Don't bring up 2007 and the Vikings. That did not go... <laughs> <laughs> that game did not go well. No. It was after that game where everyone wanted Eli dumped and Tom Coughlin fired. Yeah. I think Darren Sharper just intercepted another pass from Eli Manning in yeah, that game. Exactly. That, 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 that was not a great situation. It happens. No. Second thing, one of the first things I looked up this morning when I came in, because Wink Martindale still blitzes like a madman. Giants have the highest blitz rate in the league. So I looked yeah. up Kirk Cousins' stats against the blitz. Pretty good. This year. Eh. No. Much better without the blitz. Um, he, it's not bad. It's it's he's, it's not not quite as good. So um, against the blitz issue, let me get this going here. 52% completion percentage. 742 passing yards on 143 attempts. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty good. That's actually um, it's not bad. Yeah. Six touchdowns, two interceptions, mm-hmm. and six turnover-worthy plays and mm-hmm. 10 sacks. So I would caution <laughs> just understanding football and matchups, blitzing Cousins, because if you blitz Kirk Cousins, Howard, what does that mean you have Justin Jefferson in? Uh, single coverage. Yeah. Um, what do you have Adam Thielen in? Single coverage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I would worry about that, especially if a Tory Jackson's not playing. Uh, but it, it, the numbers do say Kirk Cousins has not been great against the Blitz this year. The only thing you can do with those, in those situations is, is, is if, you're, if you're designing Blitzes, is Blitz to the side that, that one of those guys are, and you're going to have to force that guy to run a hot route and then try to get somebody in the hot route zone. As long or as the hand hot, in the passing lane, maybe, yeah, something long, like as that. As long as the hot route isn't a go route, then you, you got a shot. But and you got to make sure you tackle after they catch the yeah, slant, right? Yeah, because if he catches a little slant, you got to you got to you got to yeah, tackle you, you if you're cover you zero. Get like nine dudes to him immediately, <laughs> but uh, it, that's just the only thing you can do when you got when you got receiver when you got like a an offense with that kind of potential. You know, it, it can be scary. So they're gonna have to they're gonna have to get the ball. They're gonna keep the ball away from them. That's why I don't think it's gonna be a game where the Giants are gonna go out and pass the ball a lot uh, because you don't get the first down. Then all of a sudden you get the ball back to them, and there you go down the field possibly again. So you're gonna try to limit their offense from touching the ball as much as possible. Yeah, and I realize Kirk Cousins is, is kind of a punchline for a lot of football fans. He's a good quarterback. He does all right. He's a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. He's not, all, he's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's not an MVP quarterback. But he's, like a, he's a good He's a good NFL quarterback. Okay. Fair? Okay. <laughs> I'm not giving – I'm not – Okay, that's fine. If you can't say something nice, don't say anything. I'm like just saying okay. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. I, I've always been a bit of a Cousins fan. I think he's a good player. Okay. <laughs> what? It's the great playoff run he had, right? I'm not, I didn't say he was a big-time quarterback. I That's said he's, a, it. I said a, he's a good quarterback. The, with, the, with the tools he has in, in Minnesota. He won a playoff game last year or two years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. He, he did. What do you want? Right. He made, the, he made the big play. What was it? The Saints they beat with with the pass down the sideline. Right? The guy misses the yeah, guy. I know. Yeah, that, that had... <laughs> Nothing to do with him. I know. Closed his <laughs> eyes to let him run in. Was that him? The, the, I think Cousins was the quarterback I that think year. It was wasn't he? their backup that? Or... What year was that? I have to look that up now. Gosh darn it! Right. Hold on. Even if it was Howard, where am I going here? In the weeds. <laughs> Get to the next caller. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the next I'm going to go to the next caller while, while I look it up. Oh How about that? Let's yeah. go next your fault. caller. It's oh, my God. Our... Seriously? Both these guys? Steve is in Barcelona. What's going on, Steve? Barcelona. I like that. I love Barcelona. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, no, I, I had to get up. I, I listened to the game at 2.20. I, I don't even get to see the games. Oh, like wow. I get to 
listen to them. But God uh, bless you, overseas <laughs> fans, man. You guys do a great job, man. Yeah, Seriously, thank that's awesome. Thank you for watching and listening and and, and contributing. We appreciate it. Um, you still there? Or not? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah absolutely. we got you. Go ahead. We'll listen. Yeah. yeah, I'm wondering what's going on. Is it Dory Jackson? Or uh, Xavier McKinney, you think they're, they're ready to play, or what's going on? Xavier McKinney, no. I would term Dory Jackson less likely than not at this point, sadly. Yeah, as, they say day, okay. as they say day-to-day kind of thing. It, knee injuries, you want to make sure that, that you get the most out of them. And if they're planning on, and, and right now they're planning on being in the playoffs, they're going to need him in the playoffs. They're definitely going to need him in the playoffs. So you just got to wait and see. The other thing I wanted to ask you, you know, I don't, you know, I, I'm a Giants fan, but I don't really know the rest of the teams very well. I was looking at Minnesota; they have like 17 players that are, are in the top 10, like their positions for a Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. And and, and I, 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 guarantee, I guarantee they're all on offense, by the way. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, like I know, like those two defensive linemen you talked about, yep. mm-hmm. and I think Patrick Peterson. Oh, the rest of them. I mean, there's got to be more on the defense too. I, I'm just wondering. Uh, well, Harrison Harrison Smith is a little bit older, but he's he, he's still a good safety. He knows what he's doing. He's just not as fast as he used to be. And Patrick Peterson, not as fast as he used to be, but he he still knows how to play. Knows how to make plays on the ball. You mentioned the two pass rushers. Then on offense, we talked about him. Justin Jefferson, awesome. Adam Thielen, good player. KJ Osborne, he just went for like 120 against uh, Indianapolis, right? Dalvin Cook. That dude is fast. By the way, yeah. do not give that dude room. He will no. run by everybody. Exactly. No one catches that dude from behind. But that, Christian uh, Darasaw, by the way, has been one of the best left tackles in the league last year. He was mm-hmm. drafted, I think he was the Canarius Tony, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So they have, they do have some very, very good players. Yeah, they got good players. We have to think about this more, more, than, more than not. The defensive players are getting the votes because they're playing against teams that are trying to play catch-up. So if you're in pass mode the entire times, your pass rushers become – better players if your pass rushers become better players your cornerbacks look better so that's just kind of like everything's kind of hand in hand well they were saying that the rest of the secondary sucks from what i was reading <laughs> i don't you know it's you not know. very good I mean, that is correct Patrick peterson you know so all right sounds good well i just hope the x-man comes back soon i mean my favorite player. So. Nice, no, a great player. Yeah. He's a great player, no question about it. We hope we're hoping for it too. Well, Steven, thank you for listening, man. All right, enjoy, in, in, enjoy, enjoy the, the game. games out there. It should be a little easier for you. One o'clock, one o'clock game on Christmas Eve. That should be around like what, six o'clock your time, something. Seven like that? o'clock. Seven o'clock. Yeah, that'll be seven o'clock. There you seven go. Seven o'clock. You, you know, I, I I try to like stream things, and I get all kinds of things with my VPN, and then I got this one thing where I can watch a little bit of you know, but they they I, they, I the only giant game I saw was a Thanksgiving game, I think, or and I think I saw another one when I went to a bar. Okay. You know, I saw the. Uh yeah, Jacksonville game. Do they have like giant bars in Barcelona that you can go to where like American football fans go to watch the games? Not really. I mean, they have this one bar that that's pretty good. I I paid the guy like five euros to, to put on the Giants. You know, but uh, okay. You know, I mean, good investment. They have some, uh, you know, but uh, you know, some tapas. It's a great place. Mm-hmm. I like it here. Okay. I nice. like it here. Nice. I've, I've, yeah. Thank you. Appreciate the call, Steve. Thank you, man. I've never Spain. I've not been to Spain yet. I've heard it's Barcelona is really nice. I've been to Spain. Very nice. So I feel like when I go to Spain, I want to hit a couple. I want to do Barcelona. I want to do Madrid. You want yeah. to hit all the different, you know, uh, Catalonia, right? You want to hit all the different areas. I, I can only go to Barcelona. That's it? <laughs> you only got Dubai. I was in there and out. I had to have a little had something to do business-wise. I all wasn't right. there long. Yeah, I've not been. To, I've, that's one of the <laughs> European uh, 
countries I have not been to. That in Germany. I still need to do Germany, too. Right. Um, and now we're apparently sticking in Barcelona. Another Why not? Well, absolutely. David, down the street. David, what's going on? Also in Barcelona. How are you, man? Are, are you guys like I'm in the good. same room? How are you guys? Are you guys like in the same room or something? Hotel, like what's going on? Hotel. No, no. Let me. It's very funny that that, that other caller was from Barcelona because I'm sitting here listening to this and listening to you guys talk about Barcelona <laughs> and I'm just laughing to myself because it's never really come up before. <laughs> as it's And also because I'm the first time caller, I'm sitting here listening to this. I'm like, how ironic is it that right before I get, it's amazing. I get on for the first time, this other guy from Barcelona. Anyway, so my brother actually listens, and he lives in Galway, Ireland, and he told me a few weeks ago, he doesn't listen to every show, and, but he told me a few weeks ago that he was listening and that he heard some other guy from Barcelona call in, and we, we had, had a laugh about it. So it's funny that Steve called in right before I imagined Steve was that guy. Probably. I don't know. How, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, regarding bars for watching football in Barcelona, there are some. But my favorite place where I actually watched the 2007 Super Bowl, because that's right, that was the year that I moved to Barcelona, mm-hmm. and during the 2007 Super Bowl run, and uh, at the time, Game Pass didn't exist, so I was actually going out to, the, and you know, the, I can always watch the 1 o'clock game, because that happens at 7 p.m., but mm-hmm. like the, the, obviously the playoff games happen at night mm-hmm. for me, and I can't really do that on a school night, go, go out in the middle of the night, but for the playoff run, I was going to a bar at like midnight to watch the games. And uh, there's one great bar called the Philharmonic was actually a victim of the pandemic. It ended up closing down during the pandemic. Oh, but I watched, the, I watched every game of the 2007 run at this one bar, and it was like I remember certain moments of, like, hugging strangers, just <laughs> random, <laughs> random people in the middle of the night, just like because I was by myself. You know, but there were other Giants fans there. Oh, that's But cool. when, when Plaxico or, or when, uh, you know, Tyree caught that pass, I, we were just, I was crying in the arms of people I had never met before. It was fantastic. <laughs> that's awesome, man. <laughs> what do you want to talk about today, dude? We're here for you. What do you got? Yeah, I actually called in to ask you guys. Um, I know it's come up at some point throughout the show, and this is kind of more like a big picture question. Yeah. Um, but could you guys go through what you think are the most likely options as it stands right now? Because obviously it's developed over the course of this season, like the Saquon and Daniel situation in terms of their contracts. And what you think are the most likely, what, is, what, do you, what would you say is the most likely scenario for each of them? Um, Boy, that's hard. You saved the toughest question for last. Now you're coming out, you're coming out firing from Barcelona across the Atlantic. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know there's a lot of implications in terms of the possibility of franchising, but the fact that they're both coinciding at a very similar time period, up, you know, up for needing a new contract, and there's different ways that it could go. But yeah. based on how they're playing right now, I mean, I'm a big Daniel fan, and I want them to. Re- I'm sure they're going to resign him, and I want. I think they should, but I don't also think he's going to get some mega contract. So I would imagine with him it's easier because they're probably going to give him some kind of interim an intermediate kind of a, sh- a medium range deal well the but question what, remember, he is going to work out he, he, remember, he, he has he, to take that contract which is the tricky he, part yeah there are teams that are not far away that could use a quarterback so that, that that's going to be a big deal like if are they going to be able to sign daniel's going to be the thing yeah my guess and i look i think daniel if he has the, you know if they're similar offers i think he'd prefer to stay here you know he yes. likes working with dable he yep. wants to stay for those team blows him out of the water, you know, not not everyone's Howard Cross when he gets offers from yeah. the Miami Dolphins and decides to stay in New York. <laughs> There's nobody that's doing that there. Everybody's smarter than I am when it comes to money. Absolutely. But um, look, first of all, let me stress: we do not know anything. This is us throwing throwing mm-hmm. darts here. If I if I had to guess the most likely scenario, Saquon gets franchised. How that winds up, 
I don't know. Um, but that's my guess. They wouldn't want him to walk away for nothing. Again, this is just a guess. Maybe they mm-hmm. like the comp pick back. I don't know. Um, I would say he gets franchised and they work out some type of short-term deal with Jones that works for both him and the team. What that number is, I have no idea. But that would be my best guess as to right now what would happen in the offseason. What do you think, Howard? Yeah, I don't have anything for it. I, I really don't. <laughs> and, and, and this is why, because there are so many backs that are going to be out there in free agency. that are They're, they're not Saquon, but they're oh, pretty good backs. This is a great back in free agency yeah, class. The, and by the way, it's a great running back class in the draft, yeah, too. So, so you have like all these options at running back, and that that's problem number one. Josh Jacobs is a bunch yeah, of other guys. Yeah, Hunt, Kareem Hunt. and oh, It's just, just going to be a bunch of guys. Madison, the backup for Dalvin Cook, who's yeah, a good player yeah. out there. So, There's a lot uh, of know, guys. What's the guy for Dallas? The, the, oh, Tony Pollard. I Tony forgot about Pollard, him. He's yeah. awesome, too, 100%. So, so, so that's, that's problem number one. Problem Good number two is like when you come down to Daniel, the amount of money that, that it will take to keep him in the house, and his agent is not going to say, hey, you're not Howard Cross. Pay attention, dude. If they're offering you money, go get your money. So if a team comes in and let's say Daniel could – if the Giants say, okay, we'll give you a three-year deal, paying you like 25 a year or something, and, and which is great money, but in quarterback terms, it's not a lot of money. And yeah. some team comes along and goes like, okay, we'll give you 35 a year. Oh, boy. And then he has to take the money. You know also is a free yeah. agent that I realized? Ooh. Miles Sanders. Yeah. He's like fifth in the league rushing this yeah, year. So it's like, a crazy so running like, back class. So, like, the, the running back Wait, thing is, is all about. Why, why is it a problem that there are all these guys becoming available? Isn't that a good thing because it makes. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a great thing, but at the same time. It's no, sa- but I mean in terms of keeping Saquon, doesn't it make it easier to keep Saquon? Because teams that really need a back, they have a lot of options. Yeah, but like the, when the market is saturated, the price goes down. So then you're out trying to get the best, the most money from whoever you can. Oh, so, so you think he'd be more willing? Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's never like it, the it, it's nothing against teams or you know like like I said my my era and, and the way I did it all wrong. Guys now know that their 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 careers are short. If you play ten years, you played a long time. Get as much money as you can and get out. That's how you have to look at it. You're not a hired gun. You're not anything. You only have one body. If you're going to put your body through it, take as much as you can possibly take. And then, then everybody's not Tom Brady. You're not going to play 20-plus years. No, but you're right to the point where if there was one really good running back and six different teams was bidding on one guy, yeah. that could be a problem. It does help that there are more options. Yeah, it's going to be, it's gonna be tons, right of, tons, of, tons of guys in the market. It's going to make it easier for guys to like move, not really move around. And Saquon's going to be looking at a market where it's like, okay, well, who's the healthiest guy? That's how it's going to go. Who has the most yards? Who's the best receiver? Yeah, and probably Saquon Who, is probably still the number one guy in the he's, market. He's going to be number one or or in the top three. Uh, that's how I look. He'll be number one or the top three. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting. And a lot of guys, and then like his age, like Saquon's one of the younger guys in that group. So it's going to be a lot yeah, of things. I mean, most of those guys are coming off their rookie deals, right? Jacobs yeah. is off his rookie deal. Miles mm-hmm. Sanders, Tony yeah. Pollard, all yeah. those guys are coming off their rookie deal. And of course, then you get into you know what's your philosophy on paying running backs on a second contract? Yeah, and that's all. It's could they be. could they franchise them both? No, no, you can't. And, and with Daniel, it's going to be it's going to be like okay. My view of it is uh, I'd franchise Daniel, and I know it's a lot more money, but I'd franchise him because if I can't get a deal worked out. I'm not going to be able to get one of the top quarterbacks coming out. Yeah, and his tag wouldn't be that much more than yeah. what his you know market yeah. value will be. I wouldn't so, think. So I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to work with him and what's going to go along. 
I can figure out how to give him the franchise tag, and I got to look at look at Saquon and go like, okay, like look at all these guys out in the market. What do you think you're gonna get? Yeah. And then that's that's the leverage that's against Saquon. David, so, you got anything else for us? Yeah. No, that was pretty much it. I just I hope they keep both of these guys. It's been a great, you know, I don't know. I I, I love both of these guys as players, and they're just mm-hmm. such top top character guys that they're, they're exactly the kinds of people you want to keep around. I just hope they can manage to work it out. Yeah, yep. and David, by the way, and, great. And, yeah, and thanks a lot for the call, man. And yep. I, I and I think they feel the same way. Yeah. I think the players want to be back too. And usually when the teams want guys and the guys want to be back. It's mm-hmm. a lot easier to figure out the way yeah. to make it work for all sides. So yeah. I think we all want that to happen. But again, this is this is when it stops being about football and it starts being about business. Yep. And that's when things can get wonky and things can change quick. It's just kind of the way it works. And yeah. it's not anybody's fault. The players should try to get as much money as they can. That's it's their right. That's they, what they should do. They better do it. And yeah. the Giants have to try to build their roster in a way where they can bring in enough talent salary cap-wise to compete for a Super Bowl. So yep. those are the two competing interests, right? Cap management versus players trying to maximize their value. Both sides are trying to do both, and can you find the place where those two things can meet that it works? Yeah, So, and the other thing is, like, it, I know we talk a lot about those two players. There are other players, Julian Love. Julian Love, big know, one. He, he's going to be going to be. Jihad Ward, Jihad too, Ward's right? Jihad Ward's going to be going to be out there. Uh, Dexter Lawrence is not far away. Andrew Thomas is not far away. Next year, yeah, so Xavier McKinney's the next year. Dory Jackson's the next year. Yes. Leonard Williams is the yeah, next so year. Yeah, so you got like a lot of how are you gonna you got to set it up and know where you're going. By the way, Darius Slayton's this year too. He's had a pretty good year. Yeah. You want to bring him back? Yeah, so it's, he's the number one receiver right now. That's so, what I'm saying. Saying. so like it's it's going to be very interesting to see how they package all these guys and and like I said, it's not something that I would be excited to do if I was the GM. I'd be happy to have somebody. Okay, let's get the math and let's sit down and do this together. But well, I'm sure they've had done all this already. Yeah, I mean, they've done it twice. They've right. done it. They've done it when they showed up. They knew what they were going to get themselves into. But now it's just it's coming down to it. But for now, let's just get through this season. All right. So Pearson did a good job. It was Case Keenum on the miracle play to the sidelines. Kirk Cousins. No, but mm-hmm. I I also remember correctly. Kirk Cousins did beat the Saints in the playoffs. Mm. In an overtime game, twenty six twenty in two thousand and twenty, the Saints were thirteen and three that year. The Vikings that were was eleven a COVID and five. Year, right? There was nobody in the stands. We, we, we don't really have evidence of that. <laughs> no, that was not. That was no. I'm it was, joking. No, 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 no. no but it, 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 it wasn't the COVID year. It was the year before COVID. Okay. So it was January fifth, twenty twenty. Okay. Twenty nineteen season. Oh, okay. So that right. was the playoffs right before, right before COVID. COVID. Correct. So Kirk Cousins actually in overtime led them on a. Uh, a nice little drive. They won. The mm. Saints won the toss, got the ball at their own 25-yard line. Kirk Cousins, 75-yard, touchdown drive. Saints mm. have bad luck against the Vikings. They do. That is correct. Uh, yeah, they're cursed. Big big 43-yard completion to Adam Thielen on that drive. And Dalvin Cook, uh, then he, Kyle Rudolph, former Giant, four-yard touchdown to win that game for the Vikings. Okay. That is his one playoff victory. Otherwise, if I look back real quick, I think one and three in the postseason. They went on to lose to the 49ers the next week. And that was the year the 49ers went to the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and they lost to Mahomes and the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. getting correct, correct? That's right. That's right. So there you go. And there's other two playoff appearances were with Washington. Uh, lost to Green Bay mm-hmm. and in 2016. And then 2013, he lost to uh, Russell Wilson's Seahawks. He only played 10 snaps in that game. Oh, that's when he replaced Robert Griffin III. Mm-hmm. Remember they tried to roll out RG3 with the bad knee? Yep. And that basically ruined the poor kid's career? Yep. So let me ask you something. Yeah. How long has he been in Minnesota? Uh, I think this is year 
four for him there? Five. You're five. You're, You're five. five. Mm-hmm. Been to the playoffs there one time? Uh, Yes. That is okay. correct. Go ahead with your Kirk Cousins thing again. He's a good quarterback. <laughs> Eight wins, ten wins, seven wins, eight wins, eleven wins. Those are that's solid one numbers. Berth, one playoff berth. It's they, fine. They run you out of New York for that. They run you out of New York for that. They just do. He's got a lot better players. Kirk. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thanks for being with us. Uh, Giants Colts last home game of the year. Go to giants.com slash tickets if you want tickets for that game. Um, could be a game of playoff implications. That could be a game where the Giants clinch a playoff spot, depending on how things go the next couple of weeks. So get in yeah. there. Giants.com slash tickets. Go get your tickets. For Howard Cross, for Pearson Butler, I am John Schmelk. Shout out to Pearson. Screw you, Lance. We'll see you next time on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.